Okay, so hopefully everybody's doing okay. A um, little bit about me. Uh, I am a sixth grade special education teacher at Aubrey Middle School. So when I teach a class, I'm used to a lot of people talking at the same time as me. Uh, <laughs> so this is a little odd for me. Um, so I also like to ask a lot of questions when I talk in front of a group of people. Uh, I will try to do my best to keep those to yes or no questions or, or not too many questions. So you can just type in yes or no in the chat. So for instance, can everybody hear me? You can raise your hand or you can try, uh, type yes in the chat, something like that. Okay, very good. And honestly, I just asked that question because I wanted to upload a photo for you guys. Uh, I am married. I've been married for seven years and we have one daughter. She is three years old. Her name is Ruby. Um, you know, it's me, that's my wife Ada and our daughter Ruby. Um, that's us. So let's see, stop sharing that. Let's see here, I think there was another one here. That's pretty much encapsulates this one right here. Oh, I don't know if it's gonna load or not. Oh, here we go. This one encapsulates the relationship with my daughter pretty well. She likes to climb all over me. Uh, in fact, right before this started, she was jumping all over my bag. So if I sound out of breath or thirsty or something like that, that's the reason why. Okay, a uh, little bit about uh, what we're gonna be doing. I will, um, first I'm just gonna kind of give a summary of Daniel 4, and then we're gonna break up into little groups. Uh, and then we're gonna come back after that and we're gonna dive in a little deeper, uh, not just a basic summary. So hopefully everybody has a Bible. Hopefully it's turned to chapter four, Daniel chapter four. And probably 90% of the verses we're gonna read are, are in Daniel chapter four. So uh, we're not gonna be flipping around too much, uh, flipping back and forth, we'll just be staying here most of the time. Okay. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Um, so chapter four uh, starts at the, uh, kind of continues from the end of chapter three, where Nebuchadnezzar has, has realized uh, that God is the most high, right? And he starts, uh, he starts chapter four by praising God, saying that God is the most high. Um, how great are his signs? How mighty are his, are his wonders? His kingdom is an eternal kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Okay, that's how it starts. And then in verse four, uh, maybe we can all read verse four. I'll, I'll go ahead and read it uh, instead of having you guys read it since you're muted, obviously. Uh, but if you can follow along with me, verse four and five. It says, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and was flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream and it frightened me. And the imaginings upon my bed and the visions of my head alarmed me. Uh, so this phrase here in chapter in verse four, it says, I was at ease in my house. Um, sounds a lot like spring break, right? We're all at ease in our house. Um, I get spring break. I'm a teacher. I love spring break. Um, it's one of my favorite things about being a teacher. Uh, I was at ease in my house. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, I was even flourishing. It was great. I didn't have to go to work. Uh, didn't have to, no stress. Then all of a sudden school gets closed down uh, for me and I have to figure out how to put all of my instruction online for kids. And um, 
think about how to get instruction to kids who don't have the internet at their house. So uh, to say it alarmed me, um, you know, that may be an understatement, but, uh, you know, I'm sure same as you guys, um, going along great in spring break, you're flourishing, and then all of a sudden, you know, there, this COVID-19 hits, and, you know, not too many people are flourishing anymore. Um, so anyways, he, uh, the visions in his, and King Nebuchadnezzar said, he had a dream. Um, and the great thing about chapter four is King Nebuchadnezzar actually remembers his dream. Um, if you remember Daniel chapter two, he didn't even remember his dream. He just wanted someone to tell him what he dreamed and then what it meant. Uh, this time he actually remembers his dream uh, and he, he's able to speak it in verses 10 through 16. So I'm going to go ahead and read uh, Daniel 4, 10 through 16 here. It says, now these were the visions of my head upon my bed. I was watching and there was a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great. The tree grew great and became strong and its height reached to heaven and the sight of it to the end of all the earth. Its foliage was beautiful and its fruit abundant and it was, and, and it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it and the birds of the sky dwelt in its branches and all flesh fed from it. 13, I was watching in the visions of my head upon my bed and there was a watcher indeed, a holy one coming down from heaven. He cried out loudly and spoke in this way, cut down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its foliage and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches. Yet leave its stump of roots in the earth but with an iron and bronze band around it in the tender grass of the field and let him be wet with the dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beasts and the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man's and let a beast's mind be given to him and let seven periods of time pass over him. Uh, and this, for this last phrase here, seven periods of time, uh, most Bible scholars believe that that's seven weeks. So 49 days. Okay, uh, so, and this is still King Nebuchadnezzar talking, and he's, he's told us his dream, uh, and he's even able to uh, give us the meaning of this dream, not, not quite the full interpretation, but he is able to gain a lesson in verse 17. It says, this matters by the decree of the watchers, and the decision is a command of the holy ones, and, and here's the lesson here, to the intent that the living may know that the most high is the ruler over the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he wills and sets up over it the lowliest of men. So that's, that's the lesson there, that the living may know that the most high is the ruler. Okay. And so King Nebuchadnezzar uh, would like his dream interpreted. And so who does he go to? But of course, Daniel, the one who interpreted his dream um, earlier in the book. And Daniel's interpretation uh, is here in verse 22. Uh, so if you can look on verse 22, he says, It is you, O king, who have grown great and become strong, for your greatness has grown and reaches to heaven, and your dominion to the end of the earth. Um, and if you remember, King Nebuchadnezzar was a, uh, a ruler over a large um, I guess you could call it a city, a large territory of Babylon. He was, um, he, he conquered many other territories and, and he was King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. He ruled a great territory. So his dominion did reach uh, 
to very far places of the earth. Um, and then Daniel continues, he, he basically repeats the dream back to King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, and then, uh, but there's a key verse here, verse 25 says, you shall be driven out from among mankind and with the beasts of the field shall your dwelling place be. And you shall be made to eat grass as bulls do and shall be wet with the dew of heaven. And seven periods of time will pass over you. And here we go again. Until you come to know that the most high is the ruler over the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he wills. Okay, so here's this lesson again, repeated in verse 25. Then in the next verse, 26. And in it, and in that it was commanded that the stump of the roots of the tree be left, your kingdom will be assured to you. Here's the key. After you have come to know that the heavens do rule. Okay, so this is the interpretation that Daniel gives to King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, but Daniel also gives him some advice uh, in verse 27. He says, break off your sins by doing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a prolonging of your prosperity. Now, from what we know about King Nebuchadnezzar uh, so far, um, he's, he has learned some lessons, but it doesn't seem he's able to take an inward lesson and, and take it to heart and remember it, right? So Daniel gives him this advice. Um, but again, this is the same guy who heard a dream about a, uh, the stone crushing the great human image. And all he got out of that was, uh, oh, I can make a statue of gold of myself and have people come worship it. Uh, so this is still that same person. So do we think Daniel took King, ne uh, sorry, do we think King Nebuchadnezzar took Daniel's advice here? Um, you know, from what we know, probably not. Uh, and as we see in the coming verses, we know for sure that no, he, he did not. Um, and so uh, verse 29, uh, there's, a, there's a key here in verse 29. It says, at the end of 12 months, he was walking upon the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. Okay, so Daniel's interpreted the dream. Uh, Daniel's given him his advice. And it's still 12 months later and nothing has happened. Uh, so God gave King Nebuchadnezzar 12 months uh, to change his ways, to break off his sins by doing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Um, so he had 12 months. But then right here, verse 30, King responded and said, is this not Babylon the Great, which I have built up as a royal house by the might of my power and for the glory of my majesty. Okay, this is King Nebuchadnezzar's response. And while the word was still in the king's mouth, as he is speaking this, this very prideful, this very boasting statement, as he is speaking this, a voice came down from heaven. To you it is spoken, King Nebuchadnezzar, the kingdom has passed on from you. Verse 32, and from among mankind, you shall be driven out. And with the beasts of the field shall your dwelling place be. You shall be made to eat grass as bulls do and seven periods of time will pass over you until you come to know that the most high is the ruler over the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he will, wills. And then in that very hour, the word concerning Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. So all of his, uh, the visions from his dreams, uh, those things, and that very hour became true. 
and he was removed uh, from among mankind and he began to eat grass and his body was wet with the dew of heaven until his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Okay, so he was, he had seven periods of time. So seven weeks, King Nebuchadnezzar was like this, this great ruler, this conqueror, uh, this king of great Babylon was a beast, living as beasts do. Okay, then verse 34, at the end of those days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven and reason returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and I praised and honored the ever-living one. So as soon as King Nebuchadnezzar lifted his eyes up to heaven, reason returned to him. If you think about a, a beast, a four-legged beast, uh, where do they look? They look, they look down, right? Um, but humans with two legs, we look up. We can look up, okay? And as soon as King Nebuchadnezzar lifted his eyes up, lifted them up to heaven, reason returned to him, okay? And then uh, we see at the end of the chapter, King Nebuchadnezzar ends this chapter just as he started this chapter, by praising God, giving thanks to the Most High. Uh, so he goes on in verse 34 and 35 um, and 36 also, uh, giving praise to the Father. Okay, and then verse 37, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and honor the king of heavens because all his works are truth and his ways justice and because he is able to abase those who walk in pride. Uh, so I'm not sure what all of the different versions say for this word abase, um, but that's what it says in my version. Uh, does anybody know the definition? Maybe you can type it in the chat of what it means to abase. Uh, you can probably get it from the context clues of the verse. Lower in rank, to humble, to behave in a way that belittles, degrade, humble. Yes, very good. Uh, exactly. So a base means uh, essentially to, to humble, to cause to feel shame. That's another good one. Uh, so those who walk in pride, only God, he has the power to abase those who have even conquered everything in humanity's realm. Uh, and that's how this chapter ends. Yeah, I thought that was a uh, pretty interesting story there in, um, in chapter four of Daniel. Um, you know, for us in our situation today, it's, it's reasonable to assume uh, that we are not going to turn into beasts. Uh, so the question is, how is this applicable to us? You know, what, what can we take from this chapter? Um, and, you know, it, it's also, uh, I don't know all of you, but I'm going to assume that none of you are kings. Uh, you're not ruling over a great land. Uh, so you don't have some, some major kingdom that you're ruling over. Um, you know, me and my situation, uh, I'm a teacher. Uh, I am the ruler of my classroom. Uh, I set all the rules. Uh, I decide what goes on in my classroom. Um, so I am the ruler of that classroom. So in my situation, the lesson I need to learn is, I, should I be the ruler of that classroom? <laughs> should it not be the most high? Should Christ not be the one ruling in that classroom? Um, now, most of you are in college, so you're obviously not teachers. So then let's bring it down a little further. So what, what are you the, the king of? What is your domain? 
You know, what, what are you in charge of? Uh, you may not realize it, uh, but you are the king of your own domain. Uh, think about it. You know, your education, uh, your future plans, who decides those things? Most likely you, right? You decide those things. So, uh, yeah, you may not have this great um, kingdom that you're ruling over, but you are the king of your own life. You are, you are in charge of your own domain, okay? Uh, so, you know, um, a lot of times we, we tend to make plans, right? We have a, a lot of things that we want to do. Um, you know, I don't know how many of you are close to graduating. Maybe you have an internship lined up or something like that uh, for the summer if we ever get out of this COVID-19 thing. Um, you know, you've got an internship at Peterbilt. You're ready to go. You know, you're like, all right, yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's great. I'm going to get an internship at Peterbilt. I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to have a great job. Uh, I'm maybe, I'm maybe going to buy a house and invite uh, people over and read the word with them and everything. Come on, Lord, let's, let's go. Come on, do this, you know, come do this with me, you know, and we're dragging the Lord behind us, uh, telling him to come on, come on. You know, are you thirsty? You need to stop for water? No. Okay. All right. Come on. Let's keep going. We're going to do what I want to do. Right. Um, you know, when we make plans like this uh, and we are not uh, involving the Lord, we are not allowing him to be the ruler in us, uh, then we, we are not giving him the first place, right? And so that's exactly what King Nebuchadnezzar did. Uh, at the beginning of chapter four, he's praising God. He's had this great vision, uh, Sadrach, Shadrach, uh, you know, and his two other friends are in the burning furnace they don't nothing happens to them he's like wow this god is great you know but then he still does his own thing throughout chapter four okay and we're kind of the same way maybe we do have some vision of who the lord is and what he's doing uh and i'm speaking more to myself here now but we tend to still want to do what we want to do the way we want to do it uh without consulting the lord or saying come on lord you can tag along with me but you're not really in charge, okay? So if I'm being honest with myself, that a lot of times I am the ruler of my own domain. I, I, I'm not allowing the Lord. So that's something that we all need to, to look to do. So uh, what was the lesson of Daniel 4? Um, in, in verses 17 and, and the end of verse 25, it was that the most high is the ruler, okay? So again, who is our ruler? Do we allow the Lord to rule in our future plans? What jobs we take, things like that. Um, and, and believe me, I know that this is not easy. And I know that this may be even a little scary because you may have these great plans and those plans are awesome. And those plans are what you've been working for. And those plans are everything. Uh, and you've worked really hard for those. Uh, and it may be scary to allow the Lord to come in and take the first place in that because what if he takes that away from you? You know, and then that's where our hesitation is. That's where it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, you know, I'll let you be the ruler uh, for some parts, but come on now, like I, I've been doing this for, you know, I've been working on this since I was a sophomore in high school. Like, I don't know if I can give you that place right now, you know? Um, 
So I, I know, I understand that it's scary, but, but this is what the word of God says. This is what's in Daniel chapter four. Uh, Christ needs the preeminence in your heart to gain his bride. And he can't have the preeminence in your heart if you don't give it to him. Okay, uh, so I would like to read a verse in 1 Peter chapter 315. I'll give you a little bit of time to flip to that in the New Testament. Um, or you can just, well, it's just one verse that you can Google it and it'll pop up. Uh, I'll go ahead here. First uh, Peter 3.15 says, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Amen. I'll read that again. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts being always ready for a defense to everyone who asks of you an account concerning the hope which is in you. Yeah, I'll read that first part a third time. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart. So this, is, this verse right here is key. This verse is how we abide by the lesson shown to us in Daniel chapter 4. And we need conviction. And we need a willing submission to the Lord to give him the preeminence. We need to consecrate our heart to him and allow him to be the ruler. Say, Lord, come in. I allow you to be the ruler. I allow you to take over my plans. I want you to have the first place because I am for you, Lord, and I am for your bride, and I am for your building. Okay? Uh, and this is, this is our prayer. This is a prayer that we need. And like I said, I, I know this, this may be even a little scary, because uh, you may think, well, if I give this to the Lord, I may not get what I want. Well, that's true. You may not. But that doesn't necessarily mean because you give something to the Lord that he's going to completely take it away from you. Um, if you've wanted to be a mechanical engineer your entire life and you're on the verge of graduating, uh, you pray this prayer. That doesn't mean that you are no longer going to be a mechanical engineer. <laughs> Okay, what it means is that you have given the first place to the Lord. You've allowed him to come in. You've allowed him to take over your heart. You've allowed him the first place. And this is a great joy to the Lord. And this is what builds a body of Christ. Is the ones who are giving the Lord the first place. Okay, so again, the point is not that we get what we want uh, or we're not going to get something that we want. The point is that the Lord gets what he wants. And he wants our hearts. Um, so I, I'm running out of a little bit of time here. Uh, maybe just two more minutes here. I would like to touch on uh, the pride of King Nebuchadnezzar and how that relates to us. Um, you know, what, what is our pride? Uh, I encourage you to go to the Lord and I encourage you to root it out because you may be prideful of many things and, and not even realize that you're prideful of it. Um, just as an example, like I said, I teach sixth grade. Um, I, I played, I love basketball. Played basketball my whole life. I was never good. I was, sorry, I'll speak louder. I was never good at it. I don't like saying that too loud, you know, because of my pride, but I was never that good at it. But, you know, there's just something when some sixth grade kid, this little 12 year old, walks up to me and is like, Mr. Die, I'll whoop you on the basketball court. Like, I've never thought of myself as being prideful about basketball, but when a 12-year-old says that to me, that rises up, you know, I'm not like, oh, okay, little Johnny, you know, that's great. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> There's no way, you know, 
that's that's my pride okay uh and so um i didn't even realize i had that pride until i started teaching um so uh i do encourage you just ask the lord lord what what are my what am i prideful in what am i uh that i don't even realize that i'm prideful in usually it's the things that you've spent a lot of hours on okay i may not have been good at basketball but you know for eight years high school through college i played just about every day so i spent a lot of hours on it you know maybe something uh guitar or piano or something like that you know you see a new piece of sheet music and you're like oh yeah i can play this okay yeah it's good to have that confidence all right but are you overly prideful in it you know i don't know that, that's something you need to go to the lord about as well um anyways uh so it's 5 55 uh, my time is running out uh normally i'm not uh, able to come uh to these meetings because thursdays i'm tutoring but uh you know thank the lord i was able to come and uh, i really enjoyed uh, seeing all your faces and the responses and the chats and everything i just want to thank you uh for letting me come uh yeah amen